I want to say something that you probably aren't going to like. I want to discuss something that you're probably not going to enjoy. And if one is, well, queasy, well then maybe this one isn't for you. So the viewer's discretion is advised. This Shabbos is Parshas Zohar. This Shabbos we are going to read in front of all men, women, and children a biblically ordained Torah reading of the time that Amalek came and attacked the Jewish people right after they had been miraculously saved from the hands of Mitzrayim. Now we had just walked on dry land through water that had just split. An untouchable nation. A nation that has been put on a plateau. And now Amalek comes with nothing to gain but to destroy hope but to jump like a kamikaze pilot as a person would into a scalding bath to cool it off, to give up absolutely everything that they have only to watch the world burn. They hope their dreams are to destroy good. As long as they remain in this world, Hashem's throne, Hashem's kisei is still missing, is still lacking. Their motives are sinister. And it's on this Shabbos that we recall, we remember, that any scintilla of their existence in this world must be annihilated. Even the Haftorah depicts how Amalek really died thousands of years ago. But in their children, in his descendants, their principles, their ideals cannot be tolerated and they must be destroyed. It's a milchema shel mitzvah. It's a war for good. It's a war for a mitzvah that we must go and destroy Amalek. It's a sobering reminder that real evil does exist. And it's uncomfortable, for we live at a time that everything is accepted. But here we see that, however, there is something that is not accepted. And that is Amalek and its ideals. In the Haftorah we're going to read this Shabbos, after the reading of Parsha Zachar, more about... How King Saul, King Shaul HaMelech, one of the greatest leaders that the Jewish people have had, was told by the prophet Shmuel that he should go and wipe out, annihilate all of the remaining Amalekians. He must go destroy Amalek. And the following is how Shmuel conveyed Hashem's message to the general and Melech Shaul. God remembers, God recalls. What the Amalekians did to Bnei Yisrael. That they attacked us. You Shaul, go. Go and smite Amalek. Utterly destroy all of them. Have no pity upon them. And slay. Man and woman. And here's something that's hard to hear. Infant and suckling. Man, woman, infant, suckling, ox, sheep, camel, all wiped out, destroyed, must be annihilated. My heart tells me, how could it be? How could it be that we could wage war? That we could be commanded to destroy even a young infant? But we are commanded from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It is something that is above Maybe our intellect, that this is real Ra and Amalek and 
and in all forms of Amalek, must be destroyed. When it comes to Parsha Zachar, when it comes to this week's reading and the remembrance to destroy Amalek, the Chavetz Chaim students actually documented how their Rebbe, the Chavetz Chaim, actually was angry, was more upset on Shabbos, Parsha Zachar. And even though, yes, it does say in the Zohar that one should not get angry on Shabbos because it could violate the prohibition of Lo Savaru Eish, of not lighting a fire on Shabbos, because getting angry can be like lighting a fire inside. But the answer is that this is a melchama shel mitzvah. This is ohave Hashem sinura. This is those that love God, fight his battles and destroy evil. And that type of anger and that type of searching for retribution and a vengeance is encouraged on Parsha Zachar. If you look inside of your own life, you'll find Amalek everywhere. The numerical value of the word Amalek is that of the exact same of the word Suffolk. Amalek, it's been documented over and over that what they do is they create doubt. They create, well, maybe the Jewish people aren't all that great. Well, maybe that what if that's always holding you back? Amalek. And furthermore, about Amalek's evil, wicked, wretched nature, that they actually, when they attacked us, had nothing to gain. The Jewish people owned no real estate. We had no homeland. We still hadn't entered into Eretz Yisrael. We were still wandering in the desert. So why would they attack us then with nothing to gain? But they are just suicide bombers, kamikaze pilots, trying to destroy all the holiness in the world. So now... I want to propose a question and think together. What makes Amalek so unique, so different, that we all need to come together and be commanded to remember to blot them out? What makes them uniquely evil over, let's say, the Egyptians that enslaved us, kept us in bondage for hundreds of years? What makes Amalek worse than Ammon and Moab? What makes Amalek completely intolerable? The Jewish people have had many enemies throughout the generations. But yet, Amalek is just a different league. What's at the root of this? And there are many approaches, and I'd like to share one. This is based on the wisdom of Reb Elio Barch Fingal, one of the great mirror Magide Shiurim, one of the great lecturers in Yeshiva's Mir. When you examine the story of what Amalek did, if you listen to the Balkore this Shabbos, you will hear the following words. Asher karecha baderech. That they happened upon you on the way. Rashi jumps to our assistance to explain what does it mean, asher karecha baderech, that they happened upon us on the way. Mikra is a mashup of two words. Lashon kar vichom. They cooled the hot. All of the nations of the world were enamored by Klal Yisrael at that moment. We had just walked through splitting water and been saved miraculously. Nobody wanted to pick up arms and fight with us. But Amalek didn't care and they nevertheless 
came the Hizchel and they began the Hera Mokim Lacherim. And they showed an opening and they showed the rest of the world, hey, don't worry, these people aren't so great. They were Mekalkel Harabim. They took away all of the splendor and grace, all of the untouchableness, like suicide bombers with nothing to gain, like a person jumping into a scalding bath that only cools it off for everybody else, even though he gets scalded, and even though when he's a suicide bomber, he's the one that's going to die, and he doesn't gain anything yet. All he does is destroy them so that the rest of the world doesn't look up to Klal Yisrael. Kilkul Harabim. Now everyone else won't look at Klal Yisrael in the same special way. Starting up with the Jewish people waging war against us, that's nothing new. But at the time and at the place, to destroy our untouchableness, the public perspective on the Jewish people, that's what makes them so wretched. You find this idea throughout much of Torah literature, very frequently that when things are amplified to the rabbim, to the tzibor, to the public, to the community at large, the stakes become much higher. The Rambam in Sefer Hamada, Perek Gimel, chapter 3, Halacha Vav, Ve'elu hein, she'en lahem chilek la'olam haba. There are some individuals that, God forbid, are locked out of the next world, who do not have a portion in the afterlife. And one of them is umachtie harabim, those that cause the community, that cause others, that cause the rabim to sin, pushing people off of the path of Torah and mitzvos. Bringing people towards sin is one of the worst things that a person can do. And when it comes to Sanhedrin, to the laws of the judicial branch, to the judicial court case sides of things, we always search. Even after the gavel has been slammed down and now there has been a verdict, we still go back and search for an acquittal. We search to try to help the litigant, to give them the way out from having to get punished. But when it comes to a chayti umachti, when it comes to grabbing others and pushing them towards sin, we don't do so. The laws are much more strict. The exemplar of this attribute, of kilkol harabim, the spitz example of bringing others down and wrecking the world, is Amalek. Perhaps now we have answered at least a little bit for why Amalek's intolerable. All of this brings to light a remarkable chiddush, a brand new novel idea. If we flip this idea on its head, we see something extraordinary. If we can find someone or some nation or something that is the opposite of a kilkul harabim, but they actually are out for the betterment of society, they are out for social welfare, well, there might not be anything greater than that. In truth, the Ten Commandments tells us, that God actually recalls the sins of the parents upon the kids up to three or four generations later. However, the next Pasuk tells us, Hashem shows kindness for thousands of generations to those who love me and observe my commandments. So Rashi does the math for us that Nimseis, it comes out, Mida Yisera al Mida Poronis, that good, that the reward for good outweighs 
that of bad? Achas al chomesh meos. 500 times. Shezula arba dairais, vizula alofim. And this is all based on the Chachma of Rav Yeruchim Levavitz, that this is a limud gadol la'olam. Imagine what it would look like if you were the opposite, if you strove to be the opposite of Amalek, if you were not a kilkol harabim, but you were a mezaka as harabim. You were pushing the multitudes to the path of Torah, to the path of mitzvos, to the path of proper, upright, moral conduct. Just imagine, Shaul actually lost, he squandered his malchus, his kingdom, because he left one Amaleki person. And the animals that he didn't destroy, he brought as sacrifices. Because of that, with all the right intentions, he lost his malchus because the evil could not be tolerated. What if we could flip that on its head? What if you didn't stop trying to inspire and motivate? What if You were on every corner handing out spiritual food stamps. What if you were the exact opposite of Amalek? This Shabbos, we're going to read Parsha Zachar. We're going to take up arms in our Melchama Shel Mitzvah to eradicate evil from the world. We're going to remember to blot out Amalek's, even a Zecher of them. And we also see from there that if you can be the opposite of Amalek, imagine what you can accomplish. Imagine the reward. Imagine how beloved it is in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the eyes of Hashem. It's hard to imagine anything more wretched, sinister, and diabolical than Amalek, their future descendants, their principles, and their motives. Yet, we are discovering here today that that good outweighs bad by 500 times. Imagine what it would be like to start spreading the light of Torah, to go out there and build something that represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Imagine what it would look like when you start a chesed organization. Imagine what it would look like when you tap your friend on the shoulder and ask him if he wants to learn with you. Imagine what it would mean to HaKadosh Baruch Hu when you start to help out his children, Be'erabim. Imagine the reward. Imagine the benefits. Imagine how beloved it would be in the eyes of Hashem. Imagine becoming the opposite of Amalek, a global source for good. It's hard to think of anything that is greater than to be Mizaka the Rabbim. Imagine becoming the opposite of Amalek.